Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I want to give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once, and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles. On this podcast, I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this. In Wishing You Wellness, we talk inner child healing, mindset shifts, radical self-love, the art of intentional living, and so much more. Think of me as your mental wellness bestie. If you're ready to step into your power and change your life, just hit play. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Wishing You Wellness podcast. I am your host, Allison Toth, and it is so good to see your beautiful, glowing faces today. Whether it is your first time here or you've been a listener since day one, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and making this podcast a part of your daily routine or weekly routine or monthly routine. It is just super nice to spend time with you guys in this space. And yeah, it gives me a great outlet. It gives my guest on the podcast a great outlet. And we're just super, super thankful for you. I have but one announcement before we dive into today's interview, and it is about this incredible brand that I recently found. They're called the Patch Brand. They do vitamins that you wear. So instead of taking all of your vitamins like pills, you can just apply them. They're little stickers that go on your wrist or any hairless part of your body. And they have ones for sleep, energy, calm, focus, pretty much anything you can imagine. And they're just packed full of vitamins. There are minimal fillers. There's no extra crap, just vitamins. So check them out. I'll go ahead and link them in the show notes. I've been loving, loving their sleep formula lately, right before bed, as I'm doing my nightly routine, I'll throw a patch of sleep on. I'll light my candle. I'll do my stretch. I'll do my skincare. And by the time that I'm done with all that, I'm ready to sleep. So that's my little testimonial to why I love the patch brand. Check them out. That'll be in the show notes. And yeah, that's really about it. As far as announcements go, we are about three weeks, four weeks, three weeks from the first round ever of Camp Heart. Camp Heart Colorado is at the end of July. So it's almost here. It's crept up on us really. So you'll see lots of pictures and stuff from that on the website after just make sure you're subscribed to my email. So you don't miss a thing. All right, you guys. So now that we have done that long-winded intro, it is time to get into today's interview and Today's interview, like a lot of my interviews, it kind of took us a second to get here. I had to reschedule a couple of times. They had to reschedule a couple of times. Like we were ships in the night. We kept missing each other, but we finally brought it into fruition today. And I just know that there's going to be a lot of magic in this little podcast, virtual recording space today. So I would like to introduce Juliet and she has been a singer songwriter, an independent singer songwriter for 17 years. And I'm going to let her do the rest of her introduction because it's magic and I want you to hear it in her voice. So welcome to the show, my friend. It is so good to have you. Oh my gosh, Allison, I am so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. This is a dream. (laughs) Yes, yes. So um, yeah, so I've been an independent singer songwriter for 17 years. I started when I was 15 and I'll be 32 in a couple of weeks, <laughs> which is wild. Um, and I also am really passionate about that intersection where art meets magic and making your creativity practice magical, making your artistic practice feel exciting. And I'm all about courageous creativity, being bold, bringing your work forward and just 
like loving and enjoying the process because we live in a world that's very obsessed with the outcome and how many listens did it get and, and how many people heard it or saw it. And, you know, I think the fun and the magic is in the middle and in the mm. making of it. So that's sort of where I hang out and what I do. Oh, that's beautiful. And where are you tuning in from? Where do you stay? So I'm in Los Angeles. I was born and raised here and I will probably always be here. <laughs> My whole family's here. Yeah. Do you think that growing up in LA had an impact on you becoming a creative? Like, did you, were you surrounded by a lot of creative people growing up? Absolutely. So I'm definitely the product of my family. I grew up with a mom who was a professional photographer. She had her own business for over 20 years. I would kind of go with her as a little kid and be her assistant and she would do what she loved the most. And then my dad traveled around the world for, I think, 30 years as a professional musician and so did my uncle they were in a band together and then my grandma was a musician and her mother was a musician I mean like it's just what I saw growing up it's what I learned was like a very normal career path (laughs) which I know is a rare experience that's amazing yeah I saw it and then of course being in Los Angeles I mean when I was in high school I was passing out flyers saying come to my show and I was you know booking events and you know, that that just seemed normal to me, like living in LA, there's just venues and that's just what you do. (laughs) So how old were you when you booked your first event? And do you remember what it was? Oh my goodness. Um, I remember playing, so I started putting music up on MySpace music, which was actually a fabulous platform. (laughs) I really miss it. I Um, miss MySpace. Can we please have songs play on our Instagram? I don't get it. I, I, you know, we all became coding experts for, without, how did we do that? I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I was putting music online at 15 and then at, I think 16 or 17, I booked a show and it was one of those things where I got a guitar at 15, at uh, 17, I learned four chords and I think I booked a show like three weeks later and it was, I mean, it was not a good show because I got every chord wrong. I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't care. I I just wanted to do it so badly. And that was, you know, there's something really magical about teenage bravery where you think like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And so I've tried to always hold on to that. (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful. And I love how you phrased it, teenage bravery. That's very real and very applicable. I look back at 16 year old Allison and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, She did not have her shit together, but she was so brave and every Mm -hmm. opportunity she would just go for it. Like she did not care if she failed. And I think that we can all look at younger versions of ourselves and be like, dang, we can learn from her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's something about being 16 or 17 where you feel like I have all the time in the world. So if I mess this up now, I have so many more chances. And the truth is that's always true for us, but somewhere along the line, mentally, we think like, oh no, I, I you know, I don't have enough time to, to recover if I fail. Right. Mm. Um, but there's always, I mean, there's always time. Like there's really no difference in terms of opportunity <laughs> between yeah. 16 and 32. <laughs> like you just have to give yourself permission. Absolutely. And do you have any advice for people who kind of struggle in that way and advice for giving themselves that permission? Oh my gosh. So the first thing I would say is the time will pass anyway. You know, I think sometimes we think, oh, like I really want to do this, but it's going to take two years or it's going to take six months. The time's going to pass anyway. And um, I also am just really passionate about like you get to have the time of your life doing what you love. 
and it doesn't matter if it's perfect and the middle is messy and the mess is fun. So, um, you know, I don't think that perfect works of art are the ones that change the world and the ones that touch people's hearts. I think heartfelt works of art do that. And so if we can sort of shift the focus from, you know, it has to be as high quality as what's on the radio or what's in the gallery or, you know, whatever we're comparing ourselves to, like stop comparing and realize that you with who you are and what you do and what you have and where you're at is more than enough mm. to like be impactful and beautiful and help people. And just, and, and even if it's not about helping people, it's for your enjoyment. Like you're allowed to have fun and do the thing that lights up your heart. It is safe to enjoy what you do. I think that, yeah, I'm going to kind of backtrack on what you said about how today's world, we are very obsessed with like perfection and accolades and achieving and grinding, but so much of the magic, like you said, and so much of the enjoyment and the pleasure that we get from these things that we do comes from the actual act of doing it and not the outcome. It's actually going through the journey, which is sometimes imperfect, right? Which is sometimes having imposter syndrome, being afraid of failure, starting from scratch, making mistakes, but like, that's all a part of it. And what makes the human experience so magical is that it's human and we experience an entire freaking array of emotions and experiences. And so allowing ourselves to be open to all of that, even the negative things on the spectrum is really important because we can't feel good all the time. And that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we were, when you were talking about like achieving, right. I think a lot of us, I mean, I went to public school and there was, you know, I was put in like these high level classes and there was so much emphasis on being the best and achieving and achieving. And, and, and I was like a valedictorian two times. Like I really, you know, wanted to overachieve and do it perfectly. And so a lot of my adult life has been sort of unraveling that (laughs) and realizing that, you know, um, how do I phrase this? Like other people's, uh, whether it's disapproval or approval of my art, of my creations really doesn't like, it's not, I can't take that to the bank. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. Like what matters is how I feel in the process of doing things. So I could put a song out and it could have a hundred thousand streams or it could have 20. And it's, it's wonderful that I'm at a place where like, it feels the same because Mm -hmm. I care about the song and I care about making it and I care about it reaching the right people. Um, But yeah, there is a big pressure that every single thing has to be the biggest and the best, or it wasn't worth it somehow. And I think about my grandmother who lived until she was I think like 93 and she was an actress her whole life I mean she was getting cast on Nickelodeon shows into her 80s and at her funeral they played all of the parts she played and nobody would recognize her on the street but she spent her whole life doing what she loved and she was so happy and so I, I always ground back into that um that you know one day this is a little morbid but like we'll all have a funeral and like I want I want people to show off all the art that you made and be like, wow, they were inspiring and they really did what they wanted to do. And it didn't matter what the reception of it was like, you just did it. And, and yeah, maybe I found that. So I weirdly found that statement so comforting because like knowing that we're all headed to the same place at the end of this life takes off a lot of freaking pressure. Like we put so much pressure on ourselves because we feel like we have to, have to, have to everything have to 
work, half to career, half to relationships. But at the end of the day, we're all going to die one day. Right. And so all that really matters is the way that we felt, the things we experienced, the lives we touched. It doesn't really matter how many listeners. And I feel like I get caught up in this, right? I feel like it's hard not to, as a creator, how many subscribers, how many followers, how many listens, but that's not really what matters. Those are literally just numbers and metrics. What matters is like how, how I feel while I'm doing it. And then also how I make other people feel. And like, when I get messages from people that are like, wow, your podcast changed my life, or this was so inspiring, or this made me feel seen. That to me is worth so much more than getting money from my podcast or getting a new level of listeners or having new subscribers. Like what really makes me feel lit up is hearing one person at a time say, yes, I heard this message and it felt like it was for me because then I'm like, oh, okay, what I'm doing is making an impact. And so beyond making me feel good and being an outlet for me, it's also serving others, which is really, really cool. When you can find something that you love to do that also is a way of like giving back or helping, it is just like the perfect combo. Totally. And I think there's this thing that our ego tells us that our art and our visions and our creativity um, isn't going to help anybody. (laughs) We think, oh, this is just selfish. This is frivolous this is extracurricular you know and then you know we stray away from it and I'm so grateful that that thought has not really ever crossed my mind because (laughs) it's like when I show up in my fullest expression I am like no matter what it is that I'm doing I'm helping somebody because somebody else is now seeing that and realizing, oh, I get to be who I want to be. I get to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter if I'm selling scrunchies or making a music video or like throwing paint on the wall. If I'm being the truest version of me, that is helping the world. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that artists and creatives and visionaries really understand that because again, like, you know, we, a lot of us grew up in a society or a school system that told us that art is extracurricular. Art is, if there's time, um, art is not as important and it's essential. I mean, you can't walk through any supermarket without hearing music. You can't go into a hotel without art on the walls. I mean, it's, it's all around us all the time. Um, but simply just, you know, I love when I see somebody who is obsessed with, um, sculpting and they're just lost in their, sculpting practice and I'm like gosh I you know what now this reminds me like I should really tap into something that really lights me up today like the littlest things that we do are gen like the butterfly effect of it is profound Mm. and so for somebody for example who is kind of feeling like they're living a nine to five hell they're rushing from place to place they're always going 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 they never take time for themselves what kind of advice can you give for creating more of these small moments and slowing down and experiencing more of a monotonous, not monotonous, like slow paced, blissful kind of experience? Oh my gosh. So the first thing I would say is, you know, so I go, growing up in music, there was all this pressure of like, if you're not doing your music full time, it'll never happen. <laughs> like you got to quit your job. And I think that's terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. So number one, you know, you know, be totally at peace with the fact that like you work, working's wonderful, working's great. 
Um, so I, I definitely always recommend like, you know, finding a career that, that doesn't like throw a bucket of ice water, like on your inner spark. Like if you're really running around and there's never time, truly never time for anything that lights you up, you know, I might take a look at that. But for most people who just like need to find these small moments, it can just be 15 minutes a day, you know, and there's so much time that we spend and I do it for sure. Um, scrolling on the phone, which is can be very relaxing. It can zone us out. But sometimes I think like, wow, if I just took 15 of these minutes and sketched or 15 of these minutes and did a karaoke song or, you know, took a walk and like thought of some poetry ideas, like it doesn't require eight to 12 hours a day. Like it can just be 15 minutes. And you can also like a habit stack. Like you can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you take a shower. Yes. <laughs> so I would just say like, you know, carve out little moments, make it a priority. Again, I think feeling good and being creative um, always gets pushed to the bottom of the list. And that's a bummer because the more we push it to the top of the list, the more energy we have for everything else, including our work. So that would be my advice. What would your advice be? I'm curious. Oh, that is so, so good. I feel like you just nailed it. You took the words right out of my mouth, but let me see tips for incorporating more small moments. I'm kind of on board with what you said about just like do it short and small. It does not need to be like with my one-on-one clients. I really try to drive home 1% better every day. And do not push yourself for more because if we're going for like long-term sustainability, we want to feel like we are crushing our goals. We don't want to feel like our goals are crushing us. And so it is okay. And it is safe to start small and just do five minutes of reading or five minutes of a walk or 10 minutes of stretching. Like you do not have to start off running five miles a day or, you know, just taking these huge, huge shifts. It's safe to take little small increments because when you're doing that, you're building your confidence in the process and you are becoming more certain, like, yes, this feels good. When I make these choices, my body feels like this versus when I make these choices, my body actually doesn't feel so good. And so it's kind of realizing that when you take time to make these small magic moments, it pays off in a big way. Your body and your mind will benefit every time that you choose to step away from the scrolling because we all love to scroll. I love to scroll so much, but I've noticed that when I step away and partake in the real world for five, 10 minutes, I feel so much better afterwards. And so breaking up the screen time, breaking up the hustle time, the grind time, with little mini moments of magic. And for me, that's flow arts. I love my hula hoop. I love my little glow in the dark boy balls. I love to dance. I love to just put on like fashionable clothes and strut around my living room, like whatever it is for you, whether it's growing things in a garden or beading jewelry or making furniture, like whatever it is, it can be anything that lights you up. Like just find ways to incorporate that into your day more and more slowly, but surely. Like you're putting like a pill in a dog's peanut butter. You're just like, here, you won't even notice it. You won't even notice <laughs> it, but it's so good for you. Take this. <laughs> this will help you in the long term. So that's the advice that I would give, I'd say. Uh, that's so beautiful. I just needed to know. <laughs> beautiful. I feel like we had very similar pieces of advice, but like from a different lens. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. going to be super helpful for the listener. So thank you for sharing that. That was also so beautiful. And earlier you brought up the butterfly effect. 
And I am seriously so obsessed with that, but I feel like there are some of my listeners who may not know what it means. So you should like dive in a little, share with us, what is the butterfly effect and have you experienced it? Okay. So my understanding of the butterfly effect is it's like the story of, you know, the littlest things, um, can, you know, ripple out and change other things. So it's like if a butterfly flaps their wings in one place, that little bit of wind that they make might stir up this, which might lead to this and might lead to this. And then all of a sudden there's a rainstorm, right? It's like these big things happen from little things and we're all interconnected and, and, you know, none of us are like an Island. And so for me, I notice I, you know, I notice it in multiple ways. Like I remember being a teenager and seeing another teenager um, who's an amazing musician. She was playing a show and I thought that I had to wait until I was signed to a record deal or, or older or out of high school. I don't know, to play a show. And I saw her and that butterfly wind hit me. And I was like, wait, I, I can do this. I want to do this. And then I step into my magic and I start doing it. And then I'll hear from people, hey, when I saw you doing this, it inspired me to do this. And then we don't know where that ends. <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. Um, so that's why I always talk about like your, I mean, I, I would say, and this is a very broad statement, but, um, for a lot of women, we feel like everything we do has to be an act of service or it's like not worth our time. I, I'm not sure where that stems from, but, um, something I notice. And so like, you have to realize that when you are stepping into your authentic self and your creativity and doing something truly for you, it is an act of service because it's creating this ripple effect, this butterfly effect, and other people are seeing that and they're like getting ideas and, and sparks of inspiration in their heart. And I've seen it, you know, with clients that I've worked with one-on-one -on -one, um, or programs that I've run, like, you know, I've, I've heard from people years later who, who listened to me speak about something once years ago, like you just never know. Um, I think everything is, is energy, like including our words and like energy doesn't, you can't destroy it. <laughs> so it just lives on and it keeps, you know, doing this beautiful work for us. So that's sort of my belief about the butterfly effect and how I mean, it's real. I, I overuse this word and I will forever unapologetically, but it's pure magic. It really is. Oh, I love that so much. You actually just gave me the caption or the, the title to the episode in that sentence. Everything is energy. So thank you for that. That was mm -hmm. that entire spiel was so, so juicy. And so it sounds like in general, you have really nailed down the concept of like romanticizing your life. That's something I talk about a lot is like taking your life and refusing to make it feel like every single day is the same and like trying to make your life feel as movie-esque and exciting, like something that makes you want to get out of the bed in the morning. And so how do you do that in your life? Ooh, okay. Well, like on a very practical level, like I'll just give the context of, um, it wasn't always like this <laughs> and I definitely had some really difficult um, mental health struggles. And so I received a lot of help in that realm um, and I'm doing really well now. So I, I will, you know, preface it with that. But I sort of like to think in terms of um, 
like, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I tend to think like, like, what can I get? How much can I get away with? Um, can I get away with living a life where I'm a full-time creative? Can I get away with, um, you know, being, you know, ethereal and magical and like swimming around in my mermaid tail. (laughs) I just like thinking how much can I get away with? Because I, I think there's a certain expectation of like, you know, this is what life is supposed to be like, and this is what we're supposed to do. And and you're a good person if you do it this way. And you're um, an irresponsible person if you do it this way. And, and by, by many accounts, maybe I am irresponsible. Um, I don't see myself that way, but I just think that the best part of romanticizing life is realizing that we are these, you know, spiritual beings that have come here for a physical experience. I don't know from where, (laughs) I don't know why, but I do believe that that's, you know, the, the basic truth of it. And I just always think like, oh my gosh, like, well, while I'm here, what can I get away with? (laughs) What can I do? How can I make this day as whimsical and fun as possible because you know that you know there is that is in my power that is in my power you know even in the littlest of ways so that's like sort of my mindset (laughs) when it comes to romanticizing my life um I I don't necessarily think about it as romanticizing it I think about it as like creating it like how do how do I create um, this life that just excites me all the time and where it's the norm for me to do things that other people probably think like, what is she doing? Why are they doing that? Yeah. <laughs> because, because I want are, to. Those are the most fun moments and some of my favorite life experiences. I know the people around me were like, what the hell is going on in her mind? But like, I don't think it's for other people to understand. And that's, what's so beautiful about it. It's just for you to get what lights you up, what makes you excited, what pulls you out of bed every morning. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a side note. You mentioned earlier, like taking time to like read a book or stretch. I think that, you know, I'm definitely interested in like a lot of self-help and personal development. And I would find myself only reading self-help books and sometimes your brain needs a little break from that. So another way that um, romanticizing life has been really fun lately is I ordered the first Bridgerton book. I'm like, I need to read like a romance novel. Oh, <laughs> yes. And every night before I go to bed, I read like 10 or 15 pages and it's so much fun. And and it's purely for the fun of it and the joy of it. And that's part of romanticizing life. It's like, I get to do this because it's fun and because it feels good. And that you know, goes a long way. I feel like we all go through a phase when we first start personal development, where we like go so gung ho and we forget about anything else. And it's like all podcasts, all seminars, like all gym days. But then like you hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm also human. And there's also going to be days where I just want to have fun. And that's all I'm going to do. Or there's going to be days where I skip the gym to, lay in the sun with my friends or sleep or watch Netflix. And that is okay. It's all part Mm -hmm. of that experience. Well, I think the most spiritual thing we can do is be present because that's the only time things are happening. Like we can't return to the past. We can't, we can, we can try to plan the future, but things can always change. You know, our, our angels, our muses, our spirit guides, whatever, they can only reach us in the here and now They, they can't find us at any other time in my opinion. So when we are 
lost in play and creativity and reading a book. Like when we're in the moment, it's kind of the most spiritual thing we can do. And it's like very, very healing. So I, I remember that. And I, I do slip into that sometimes where it's like, yeah, every podcast is about personal development and every book and like everything that I do during the day um, has to be for my highest good. And it's like, oh, I'm also allowed to like read a romance novel and watch an episode of the Kardashians. And that's okay. <laughs> yes. You know, like we're allowed to be human. We're allowed to be human. Um, we don't have to be like superhuman and, and hyper-focused on how we're improving every second of the day. Like there just needs to be a good balance there. It was kind of crazy when you said the most spiritual thing you can do is be present. I thought you were going to say this. So my mentor had this amazing um, retreat that I went to last year. And as we're all like having fun and dancing and twerking and like we're under the moon together, she was like, the most spiritual thing you can do is be human and have fun. And I thought you were going to say that verbatim. I was like, holy shit, this is one of those moments. That's crazy. But yeah, I think it's like the same thing. You can, the most human things we can be are present here, human, flawed, alive, like open-hearted. Those are like, that's where the sauce is. That's the juicy part of life. I love that. Having fun. Having fun is extremely spiritual. Having, you know, having fun in a way that's positive. It's extremely right. spiritual. And safe. Yes. Safe mm-hmm. and good fun. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. So we covered the butterfly effect and I Googled it while you were talking because I was so curious and it did say you nailed it. Like a butterfly's wing flap basically going on to start a typhoon somewhere. And even though it's not scientifically possible, it's like the concept of like one little thing leads to another, leads to another. And I feel like I've experienced so much of that in my own life of just like one thing. So like I randomly found a podcast while I was living in Death Valley. I was in the middle of the desert. I was on my phone, just like looking at Spotify and I saw a podcast for confidence and I was like, interesting. And I started listening and a week and a half later, I started wishing you wellness and I was recording it, speaking into my phone, sitting in my closet to get good like sound quality, like trying to balance when the um, Wi-Fi would go out because we were having a lot of like windstorms and sandstorms at the time. And then it all just turned into this. And now I have retreats that I lead and like coaching that I do. And so in your life, where did your butterfly effect start? Do you think? Because you coach also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- I want to hear that journey. Gosh. So I was, so I've pivoted a lot. I mean, the music thing has been extremely consistent, but I've always given myself permission to pivot. And the second that something no longer feels like exciting, um, I'm, I'm ready to move on. (laughs) And so I, in terms of coaching, I didn't even know that was like a possible option. You know, I, I had no idea. And then in 2020, I signed up for a program and I just loved it so much. And it was another one of those moments of like, oh, I could take, you know, my wisdom and I could, you know, put it in a PowerPoint and I could teach on this. Absolutely. And it could help a lot of people. So again, it's that example of like, you know, it just takes one person to step forward to to give other people permission and show them what's possible. It's like, you know, representation in its purest form being so important. So I was a student first And, um, 
And then my, you know, one of my close friends and I, we really dove deep into like manifestation and personal development. And then, you know, we had a podcast together for a couple of years called Goddess Hangs and it was wonderful. And it just, you know, all these doors just swung open. I mean, that's like the best way I can explain it. Um, I really learned how important it is to like speak from your heart and share your truth and how much that really helps and affects people. And, and the biggest thing that, that I'm, you know, passionate about teaching people is that like, you get to trust your intuition. You get to trust your truth. Your art gets to be yours. Your creative practice gets to be yours. Like, I'm just like you, (laughs) I can shine my sparkly pink flashlight to some things. Maybe you're not seeing quite clearly, but um, that's it. It's already in you. And I'm sure you do the same thing, but I tell my one-on-one clients all the time, like I am learning from them just as much as they are learning from me as we are going through these three month containers together and they're feeling this expansion and this growth, I'm feeling the exact same thing with them because they are showing me parts of myself and facets of myself that I'm exploring in the setup together. So yeah, I think I love that you say, I'm no different than you. I'm just here to help you see some things that maybe you can't see because we all kind of have blind spots when it comes to ourselves and like our own power and our own magic. And so that's why we have things like coaches, mentors, friends, like colleagues. We have people to just show us when we forget. I think it's a really beautiful thing, like for the people who really, really desire it, um, to have a coach, to have a mentor. It's, it's just wonderful. Yeah. It's because we all have blind spots. I've, I've had mentors. They've been extremely helpful. (laughs) My therapist and my mentor are like my favorite people on this planet. They keep me so grounded. Like I feel the best I've felt mentally in years, like overall, like I have bad days, but overall, this is the best I've ever felt. And so much of that is the consistency of having a mentor, having a therapist, having a solid group of friends around me that really do inspire me to be better and push me to make good choices and to follow my dreams and to work hard, but also have fun and take time off. So yeah. Do you feel like, how do you feel about the importance of your circle? How valid do you think it is to like really, really take your circle seriously and make sure that, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people who genuinely do want to enjoy life and yeah. It's one of the most important things you can do. It's one of the most important things you can do is, is take inventory of who in your life is supporting you and cheering you on. And when you tell them your wild ideas, they're like, awesome. How can I help? And, you know, are there people who are like, I don't know, are you sure you want to do that? And "Eh, yeah, people, it doesn't usually work out. And like, it's, you know, we are, what is it like the average of the five people we spend the most time around? That's the one. And it can also be, you know, people that you spend time around, virtually like what what are the five accounts that you're engaging in the most on Instagram like what are the five podcasts you listen to the most um obviously uh genuine mutual in-person relationships are the most important but if you are in a position where you're not quite getting that support and encouragement you need like are you filling up your cup with with you know like Allison's podcast or, or like, you know, on an account that like really inspires you or are you, you know, scrolling through things that are kind of a downer. So I think it's imperative that, you know, as sensitive, creative, 
souls, which probably everybody listening falls into that category, um, you really take care of, 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 cause again, everything is energy. Like who, who are you letting influence you? Are they cheering you on? Do you feel lit up after connecting? Do you feel drained and exhausted? Like that is such a non-negotiable in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my circle's pretty tight and, and I just, I, yeah, I mean, that's what I can say about that. It's extremely important. I think it's so crazy how our nervous system can kind of give us cues with people. And this isn't always true, but sometimes, a lot of times when we get done hanging out with somebody and we don't feel so good, that's our body being like, oh, this this relationship isn't really serving us in the way that some of our other relationships do. Because I have friends in my tight circle who I spend time with them. And then I literally have to come and like meditate to calm down because I'm so hyped up about life. I'm so just jazzed about who I am and what I do. And we bring each other up to a high vibration. And then I have some other people in my life that I hang out with them. And afterwards, I really have to like regather my energy. And so it's finding ways to spend more time with the people who bring you up. And you can still have people around you who aren't super, super high vibrational, but having that in smaller doses and really pouring most of your time and energy into situations that really make you feel good because friendships and relationships that light you up exist. And I'm here to say that because at one point I didn't believe that. And so I was settling for like really, really unhealthy friendship dynamics and relationships because I didn't know it was possible to have the good stuff, but the good stuff is out there. It's abundant. It's plentiful. You're going to find it. I, I promise. So that is my, that's my message for the day. Um, Juliet, before we end this, I would love to do some rapid fire. Are you down for that? Yes. Oh, goody. I love rapid fire. Okay. So we're going to start with my favorite question. It's three in the morning. You want a snack. What are you reaching for? <laughs> cereal. <laughs> Why does everybody say that? What type of cereal? Um, Honestly, I, I always buy special K. It's nothing exciting. But I really like it. <laughs> with the one with the berries or no? No berries. No berries. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's actually really good without the berries, in my opinion. <laughs> what is one outfit that you love to wear? And yeah, you just wear it anytime you have the chance. Oh my gosh. So I have this hot pink dress that makes me feel like Barbie and I love wearing it. So yeah. And it's like got a big slit in the side and it's kind of low cut. It's really cute. Love. (laughs) You should wear it to the Barbie movie. Absolutely. (laughs) What is one thing that you're currently reading and one book that changed your life? So two part question. Okay. So a book that changed my life is called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. I've read it probably a hundred times. I've highlighted it. I've written notes in it. Um, it's all about overcoming ego and resistance and like getting to work and doing the thing. Um, it's like been a Bible for me and it's, I would recommend it to every artist in the world. And then I'm currently reading the Duke and I, (laughs) the first Bridgerton book. And I'm so excited about it. Yeah. I want updates on that because I've also been curious about if it's worth reading. So let me know. I'll tell you. <laughs> awesome. So if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, you had all the money, you could just stay anywhere. Where would you be? Oh goodness. Um, so I know this is, this is tricky because, um, we're not, we're being, uh, discouraged from 
going there at this time. Um, but gosh, I love Hawaii. It's so beautiful. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Never been, but I've heard incredible things about the hiking and about just the environment. Mm. Mm. What is one thing on your bucket list that you're hoping to check off in the next, let's say 365 days? I'm writing a book, which is new for me. (laughs) (gasps) And it's going to be about, you know, courageous creativity and I'm going to finish it. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. (laughs) Stay tuned listeners. You're going to have to make sure you're following her so you could see that launch, which brings me to Juliet. How can my listeners connect with you? How can they follow you? How can they keep in touch? How can they work with you? Drop all the info. Oh my gosh. So I would be honored if you want to come hang out with me. My Instagram is at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T dot Piper. Same thing on TikTok. I have a really awesome email list that I just relaunched and the link is in my bio every uh, Monday. I think I'm sending out just meditations and inspirational things and resources and music. And it's, it's going to be I mean, it already is. It's magical. You're going to love it. It'll be your favorite weekly email. And also Allison's will be your favorite weekly email, I'm sure. And um, I, this summer, I'm kind of taking a breather from launching things. I'm just writing and, and, you know, sort of rediscovering like who I am and what's next for me. But I will definitely have stuff coming out in the fall. But if you are like very inspired and want to work with me one-on-one, please shoot me a DM and we can definitely explore that. Yay. Thank you so much, Julia. This was such a beautiful conversation. I feel like this is going to be a light in so many people's days. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us. I think you have such a beautiful energy and spirit and This is just going to butterfly effect onto so many people. And yeah, just thank you for being here and thank you for being you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being you. I'm so grateful. We got to connect. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It really has been such a pleasure having you guys here hanging out with us. If you love this episode, feel free to leave a rating or review. Also feel free to share on your story on Instagram. You can tag me as well as Juliet. I will leave all the information in the show notes per usual. So be sure to check that out. Thank you guys for hanging out. This has been so much fun. This has been real. This has been magnetic. This has been magic. This has been wishing you wellness. 